Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Did you hear what? Every giant that challenges you has a name. And the name of Jesus is above that name. Now, here's what the scripture says. Every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus. If we're smart, we do it willingly. If we're stupid and rebellious, you'll be forced to sooner or later. I hope you're smart. Evidently you are, you wouldn't be here. I'm seeing. But <clears throat> I want you to get this, the name of Jesus. The authority of the name of Jesus. The authority of the name of Jesus. Did you know is a I just said. I, I, I pray that you do. God gives us his word and then he signs it in his blood with his name. It's the guarantor. The court of heaven has stamped it and it becomes certified with the resurrection. The resurrection certified the word with his name. Now listen very carefully. I want to make sure you hear something because we got to be a little bit more accurate, I should say. No one killed Jesus. It was a song, Christian song, and, and I'd like to get a hold of the person that wrote it and kind of shake them a little bit. Get your head screwed on right. And it was called murder. And we sung it around here for a little while. And I, and I just finally said, we, if you don't change that word, we ain't singing it. The devil did Nobody murdered Jesus. Listen carefully. Jesus said, I have the power, the authority to lay down my life. And I have the authority to pick it back up again. This commandment have I received of my father. Nobody could murder Jesus. They attempted to many times. Because of the authority that God has given him. Are you, are, are you, are you grasping? We got to be a little bit more accurate. Now we, he willingly took our sin and that's what nailed him to the cross. He willingly did that. He did it out of obedience. That's what makes him different than rebellious humanity. Are you, are you following? You say, well, Pastor Ronnie, why do you emphasize this right now? I want you to get it. It's going to be increasingly important that you rely on this and, and get your thoughts in line with this because you go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. Glory to God. The name of Jesus. Glory to God. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. It's above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee 
will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. I'm unashamed of it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give five people a high five and say, I'm unashamed of it. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. If you're viewing by live stream, we welcome you here. If this is your first time viewing by live stream or in the auditorium, we want to tell you thank you for being here. And if you are searching, if you are searching today, because we're introducing Jesus to you, your search is over. This is what you've been searching for all of your life. And now we introduce you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus, amen. I'm going to take this time right now. We're going to dismiss 180. That's our, uh, our uh, teenagers. And we're going to dismiss them for their small groups. Thank God for them. Amen. God's doing a work in the young people. There's a stirring. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, oh man, oh man. I got ten things going on at one time and I want to know which one to take first. Praise the Lord. God's good. You ought to be praying for it. Extend your hand this way. Say, clear thought and accurate words for Pastor Ronnie. Amen. You know, you need to be participating. Okay? Sometimes if a sermon is bad, y'all know what I mean? <laughs> y'all never had one. Okay. Not here. But if, 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 it, if it goes rough through the service, sometimes it's because it, we look at the speaker. And the speaker is not the only one responsible. They are responsible, but they're not the only ones. Amen. It's kind of like I was in my math class, and it wasn't just, the, you know, my, Mr. Williams was pretty, pretty uh, how would I say, he was pretty on top of it. He, he knew his lessons. But me as a student wasn't on top of it. So he talked, and I didn't understand a single word he said. Not a single word. I don't know how you add A plus B and come up with C. I thought we was doing that with numbers. <laughs> Y'all miss all that. I know better now, but I didn't know better then. Praise the Lord. God's good. I want to share some things with you. And the Lord had been dealing with me. We're talking, we're talking about grow and glow. And we, we took the candle, your spirit, according to Proverbs chapter 20, I believe it's verse 27, says your spirit is the candle of the Lord. But a candle has to be lit. Psalms tells us that God will light our candle. So what's the candle? The candle is the spirit of man. God designed you. He created you like this. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now listen very carefully. Emotions, thinking, and everything else is supposed to fall in line. 
not the other way around. But when Adam and Eve fell, the candle, the light was put out. The candle's still there. Man still has a spirit, but it's put out. And so when, when Jesus came, he came to restore the spirit of man. The purpose of that is so that he, by his spirit, the Holy Spirit, can light your candle and so you can have distinction. The Holy Spirit is the great teacher, not Pastor Ronnie. I know y'all think I am, but I'm not. He's not the great teacher. The Holy Spirit is the great teacher. Everybody with me? Now, what does he teach you? He teaches everything that has been written under the inspiration of, by his inspiration, we call that the Bible or the Word of God. Inside the Bible contains the Word of God. Now, you're to be led. The Bible tells us, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Okay? All sin, listen carefully, is the lack of the word of God leading you. And then Jesus tells us in the book of Luke, and we've talked about this, he said that if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So what does he mean light? He means understanding. How many of you have ever been in a room that's dark and you're stumbling around, fumbling around on everything and you're, everything's confused, you don't know where you're at, what's going on, and you keep bumping into Anybody ever done that? Answering the phone in the middle of the night? Well, now you got these by your bed, but, you know, but used to we had landlines and I'd have to get up and stumble over everything, stomp my toe, and I'm bewildered out here, you know, okay? Well... <clears throat> If, if my understanding is full of darkness, I'm in a state of confusion or bewildered. That's where the world's at. And the book of Isaiah chapter 60 tells us the earth, or the, uh, that darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. That has to do with understanding. The understanding... Does, is not based on truth. The information they have is not based on truth. So therefore, if they understand, they're understanding in the dark. That's why they're usually in confusion. And a lot of people don't even reason or think. They don't. They just put their head down and just keep, you know, doing whatever they're doing. And most of the time, they, they know they've been over this. But they don't understand that they've made a complete circle over and over again. And the Bible refers it to it, I'm going to say it like this, as a dog chasing its tail. Uh, the, the, the book of Proverbs talks about, I think it's Proverbs tells us, it's even gross. He puts it really direct. He said it's like a dog eating its vomit. Now that's gross, I know that. But it, that, that's, that's what life without God is. Now, Many things have been said, taught even from the pulpit, about generational curses. General, generational curses come, listen, through learned behavior. 
probably 90%. Now, I'm going to make some statements right here. You're going to have to stretch your faith. Many generational curses are learned behavior. Practiced by generation after generation. And we say, well, that, you know, we, like, like, for example, we blame our, our temper on the Irish. No, it's learned behavior. How many of you ever, you that are Hispanic, how many of you know you all got some jalapenos too? Okay. So you, you understand it's, we, we, we call that, it's learned behavior. You follow? I'm talking about after you get born again. Before you're born again, you're cursed. You're cursed with that behavior. But when you get born again, you can take on the nature of your father. He can even change your DNA. See, we, we got medical science th- doesn't believe that, but I believe you can. You don't, just because somebody, just because your parents or you come from a family that's been full of, uh, you know, have alcoholics in it, doesn't mean you have to be one. You follow? And a lot of people are, they do because of their reasoning. You go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. And Jesus came so that we can have the mind of the anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. I am not doomed to die of heart trouble because my dad had heart trouble. I've heard People make those statements, but I'm not doomed to do that. Well, I knew that I knew that it's going to challenge your mind just a little bit. How can this be? It has to do with your most dominant thoughts. You know, when I was a kid, I, I, you know, most of most of my siblings were a lot older than me. So, in fact, the the first three, my first three sisters were all married, and I have, I have three, I have one niece and two nephews that are older than I am. So I was born uncle. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm, I'm saying that to you I, for a reason. So I, I would go stay with my sister and her husband, and... Uh, <clears throat> Their boys were, their daughter was one year younger than I am or so, and their boys just a couple of three years. And uh, I'd go stay with them. And my brother-in-law, when I'd stayed there, was acting like my daddy and my, mo- uh, my sister was acting like my mother. You follow? I had a lot of mothers and fathers. <laughs> and when it came to eating, He'd make, you sit down and eat, you were going to eat some of everything on that table. It didn't matter whether you liked it or not. And you ain't leaving until you do. And I hated squash. Hated it. Of course, we'd put every, we'd have to have some of every, and I was stupid. I ate everything I liked first. And I, I let that squash sit there. It was cold. 
I let it sit there, and uh, you know the rules. You ain't getting up till you eat some of that squash. And so I'd eat that squash and gag it. Now, my stomach's full of all the stuff I liked. <laughs> Do I need to say any more? But you know that my appetite's changed. I can sit down and eat nothing but a plate of squash now. Now, why am I saying that to you? I'm saying that to you to help you understand learned behavior. You can teach your soul and your body, and that's what God wanted, to teach. He wants your, to, your spirit man to teach, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, your soul and your body. Because the fall of Adam now affected the soul, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions. And so you begin to think in terms with the lies, which is darkness, and you begin to program your mind, your will, and your emotions accordingly. And when you get born again, God gives you a new spirit. And then the purpose of giving you that new spirit is so that he can be the light in your spirit. So you're not stumbling around in darkness. Does that make sense? So you can discern... And you can make choices that are not doomed or condemned for you to keep making the wrong choices. You follow? Wrong thinking leads to wrong believing. And wrong believing is how you're, I mean, believing is how you view everything. Everything is, in your life is going to go through the lens of what you believe. Everything. And there is right believing and there's wrong believing. One of the main things I want to help you to see, and I'm going to make a few statements here because we've got to move on quickly. I want to, I want to get to something that is going to set you free, going to encourage you. You're going to go out kicking your heels up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But wrong believing and right believing. Here's the lie of the devil. And here's what we keep saying, and it's a lie. It doesn't match up with the Bible. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe. That's a lie. And here's another one. We all believe in the same God. No, we don't. You either you believe the true God or you believe a false God. Do you understand? The absolutes are here. In fact, over the last three or four years, that's what this is all about, is to separate and make a distinction between right and wrong and between, between God or the devil. The devil wants to keep it obscured and in darkness so you can't distinguish. That's the, between a truth and a lie, there needs to be a distinction. And God has, has set the church, I'm talking about the true Bible-believing church, not religious activity. The true Bible-believing church, he set the church and he tells us very plainly in the New Testament that the church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of truth to a generation that's caught up in lies. 
That's you. That's me. It's not talking about this building. We're, when you get born again, you become a member of the body of Christ, which is the church. Are you following me? Okay. We're going to get to some scriptures. You have to grow so you can glow. The more you grow in Christ, the more you're going to fed. So we say word fed, spirit led. There's no such thing as being spirit led. If you're led by your spirit, by not being fed the word of God, you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. You're being led by your own opinions. And another lie here is we just tell people, just do whatever's in your heart. Really? Really? It depends on what's in your heart. I don't want you to do, I don't want you, if you believe a lie with your heart, I don't want you to do what's in your heart. I want you to discover the truth. Are you following what I'm saying? So we got to be very careful. Here's another thing. Pay close attention here. You're going to misunderstand if you don't pay close attention. One of the things that I think we must be careful of is raising our children and grandchildren. And making this statement, you can be anything you want to be. I don't want them to be everything they want to be. I want them to be what God wants them to be. Because if they be what they want to be, they can wind up wanting to rebel against God. You say, well, Pastor Ronnie, you're trying to get technical on me. It's about time you get a little technical. If not, you're going to have a glitch. (laughs) All right. Now, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Are you ready? Go with me. We're going to talk about growing. Everybody say growing. Growing. Go with me in the book of uh, Ephesians, chapter 4. I've got three verses. Ephesians chapter 4 is the first one. We're going to talk about grow. Hallelujah. Y'all excited? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. You don't know how excited I am. Ephesians chapter number 4. And let's look here at uh, verse 15. He tells us about the body of Christ and the purpose of of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Goes down here and tells us that so that we can be equipped in the faith uh, that we wouldn't be children tossed to and fro about with doctrines. But verse 15, but speaking the truth, the what? Not opinion. The truth in love may grow up. Everybody say grow up. up. Into him in all things. How many things? things. So how many of you know that you've got different uh, fields of endeavor within your life? How many of you know that? You know, you know what I mean? You got, you got your work, you got your family, you, 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 got, you got society, you've got your neighborhood. You know what I mean? You got different fields of endeavor, okay? 
And God wants us to grow up into him in all of these endeavors. What has happened in the past is people, I'm talking about at the past, trying to help you so we don't repeat the same mistake, is that we go to church, we hear a sermon, or we hear somebody teach the Bible, and we go out and we don't apply it to these different fields of endeavor. And the, the attitude in the past, it's, it's changed quite a bit now, and it's going to continue to change. But the, the, the attitude in the past is, now God owes me because I endured that service. When in reality, the purpose of that was to equip you with the word of God so that you can apply that if, in every field of endeavor. Every field. Okay? <clears throat> but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So I want to talk about growing for a moment. Uh, go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. And let's look at verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. As babies. When, when newborns are born, you have to feed them how often? Uh, listen, I remember every four hours. And they'd let you know when four hours was up. And it didn't matter what time of day or night it is. It had no, had no matter. Okay? So he tells us we need to approach it as newborn babes, desiring. Now, the desiring of this sincere milk is, it's not only because the, the baby's hungry, but it is also to the satisfying. In other words, it's a delight. It's not, that baby doesn't say, I got to eat, I got to eat, I got to eat. It's satisfying. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a delight. Are y'all following me? Everybody say delight. Okay, it's a delight. Desire the sincere, pure, unadulterated, uncompromised, unapologetic word of God that you may grow thereby. I want you to just let that word grow there. Sink in for a moment because we're going to talk about growing. Growing. Okay. That you may grow thereby. And then he goes on in verse 3, which if you have tasted, if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Okay? Gracious. In other words, he's full of favor. All right. Go with me to 2 Peter. Chapter 3. Verse 18. These are the last words that Peter wrote. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be both glory now and forever. Amen. So grow in grace and in the knowledge 
of God. Now listen, when he's talking about the, he's not talking about knowledge about God. He's talking about the knowledge God has. It's what God knows. Are you following? So grow in grace. What is the word grace? Many people, we it includes favor. Favor is there, and we we define it as unmerited favor. Absolutely, it's unmerited. We can't. It, it's like you you can't earn it. But it's revealed to you. In fact, the, a definition that I like best of all the definitions of the grace of God is the definitions that it is the influence of God upon the heart. Upon the what? The spirit of man. Okay? The spirit of man. And the reflection of that influence in your life. Now, when we talk about saving souls, we're not just talking about, this is the, the when the Bible refers to saving souls, it's not, it's not referring to just getting people to confess Jesus as Lord. That's the beginning stage. That, that's the entrance, if we could. But it, saving souls has to do with a transforming of your soul, which is your thinking, your feeling, and your will. And God designed you to live after your spirit man with the flame of the Holy Spirit lighting your candle so that your soul now has light. And that soul now can have light to distinguish from the lie and the truth. And it keeps you from bumping in and doing the wrong thing. L let me put it another way. There's no such thing as accidental success in God. No such thing. It has to be purposed. It has to be willed. Okay? God's got a will, but His will and our will sometimes are confused. And that's the trick of the devil. You have all these feelings. You have all of these things in your mind, your will, and your emotions. And, and it begins to alter your choices. And that's what the devil designed it to do when he deceived Adam and Eve in the garden. He designed your mind, your will, and your emotions to rebel against the will of God. In fact, the Bible refers to it in the book of Romans that your carnal mind or your carnal mind is sense, listen carefully, this is how it's defined, sense and reasoning without, I emphasize this, without the influence of the Holy Spirit. And as a pastor I've seen through years, many people come down to the altar and, and they'll con confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but then they don't let him transform their mind. They're still conformed to the world. You follow? This is a process. This is, listen, and you can't escape the process. In fact, it's put like this. 
God corrects whom he loves. If you're not being corrected, you're not receiving the love of God. And if you don't receive correction, then you're trying to illegitimately, and I won't say what King James says. It says you're trying to illegitimately get in to the kingdom of God. Follow? So there is a transformation. Now, during these dark times that have covered the earth and gross darkness to people, you and I are designed for that light to shine. Everybody with me? Stay right here because we're fixing to shift into another gear. Okay? God wants you to grow so you can glow. And the deeper the growth, the brighter the glow. Are you following me? How many of you ever had a candle that's just barely, 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 huh? Just barely, flick once in a while, you know? How many of you ever seen a star at night and you've seen those flickering stars way out there? Huh? They're flickering. Well, God doesn't want no flicker. He wants a bright and shining star. Do you know that Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Then he turned to him and he said, and you will be the lights of the world. Okay. During a time when darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, you'll be able to distinguish the lie of the devil from the truth of God's word. In fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 that the word of God is alive. Everybody say alive. alive. Glory to God. Alive. Woo. Woo. Yes. That word of God is alive. And it's powerful. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing asunder the soul of the spirit. The joints and the marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God's alive. You don't have to be fooled. You don't have to be fooled, hoodwinked, or deceived. You don't have to be confused. All right? Glory to God. All right. This word growth that we've talked about, word grow, means to increase. Everybody say increase. increase. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Increase, increase, increase. It really means to increase. That's the basic fundamental of that word, increase. Wide and deep. I should say deep and wide. You know, some Christians, they all go to another church. They're very shallow. The other day, you know, a few months back, I was driving up in the hill country, and we passed a lot of, you know, bridges, and because they got different valleys, and, they, and it'll say right here, uh, <laughs> it'll call it a river. And you're looking down there, river? 
I barely see a patch of water, much less a flowing of water. We were on the, I think it was the Frio River, I'm not sure which river. No, Pernalis River. And, and back in October. And it was Zona, I, and, and Zona's twin sister and her husband, Zeta and Fred. We're sitting at the table. Now, the Frio River has got a rocky bottom. Water flows underneath that rock a lot, and you don't ever see it. But there were patches of water, and me and Fred went out there and did a little fishing, caught a few bass, and we were going to go after breakfast. But it happened to be raining just, a, I don't know, 70 miles north of us. We ate breakfast. We're overlooking this river. It didn't look like a river. And all of a sudden, Zona says, look at the water. We said, well, yeah, you know. I'm looking at the water, thinking the little patches of water that me and Fred are going to fish in in a little while. And all of a sudden, a wall of water coming from nowhere just flooded that whole thing. And it just swept. I mean, we saw big old logs, and it, was, and it was dirty. And it just swept the whole thing. And it did that for hours. That evening, it went way down, and we started seeing it. Went, went. That is shallow. Everybody say shallow. A lot of people, listen carefully, a lot of people in the body of Christ have been shallow. Growth is deep and wide. Now, you go down here to the Medina River. Some places it's not very wide, but it's always flowing. Always flowing. It's deep. There'll be times where you'll get a big gully washer. Y'all know what a gully washer is, don't you? Y'all city slickers, y'all know what a gully washer is, right? All you country folks, you know exactly what I mean. Gully washer. You get a good gully washer, and I, the Medina River will come up, and it will flood. That's true. But it's always flowing, even during the biggest droughts. Last year, it was still flowing. There were deep uh, places on that river that's just, I mean, it's just still flowing. Are you all following? Yes. So deep and wide. Growth represents increase. Both depth and width. Everybody say depth and width. Okay, I'm going to set you up. <clears throat> In the book of Genesis, the earth was without form, chapter 1, the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit moved. The, the spirit did what? And God said, let there be light or illumination. We'll say it another way. The revelation of God's wisdom. That's what Jesus said is how he's going to build his church. And that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. We're here on Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, I just talked. You know, just kind of just talking. And the Lord has been dealing with me for the last, I don't know, 
few months. He said, I want you to get up and I want you to say this. It's found in 1 Chronicles, I believe it's chapter 22, verse 15. This is where I want to get what I'm going to say. And he's been telling me, I want you to begin to confess this publicly at every time you have church service. We're at the close of Wednesday night. And I was going to confess it. Because we're operating, call, you know, calling things that be not as though they were, you know, operating in faith. And I came to the very first part of the word moreover. And I'm going to quote it to you and then we're going to go back to this word. Moreover, there are helpers in this church in abundance. All manner of cunning people for every manner of work. I'm going to say that one more time. Moreover, there are helpers in this church in abundance. All manner of cunning people, forever manner of work. You're going to hear that over and over again. So I was going to say that because God had been dealing with me about saying that publicly. And I got to the word moreover, and I couldn't go no further. Moreover. Remember Genesis chapter 1. The Spirit moved, and God said, Well, the Holy Spirit stirred in me and stopped me at that word moreover. Everybody say moreover. Everybody say moreover. Are you, get, are you getting ready? Moreover. Do you know what moreover means? More and over. The more of God means it's over. Do you hear that? The more of God means the situation that's been plaguing you for maybe even years, it's over because of the more of God. Are y'all following? Oh, man, it's going to get real thick here in just a minute. Thick, thick, thick. So I'm up here, and I'm doing that. And Nita has on her phone, and I've got a big dictionary about that thick, of the, uh, the original Noah Webster's Dictionary. And why that's so important is because Noah defined those words with Scripture. Every word has a Scripture reference. Isn't that amazing? And so she had looked it up and she handed it to me before we were through. Moreover is an adjective. And it means more over. More and over. It means to go beyond what has been said. Further, or like furthermore. Besides, it, also, it, it means also, or like, likewise. How many of you over, ever heard this phrase? On top of that. 
You say whatever it is. And on top of that, that's the more that puts it over. Are you following? That's the more that puts it over. Are are y'all here? Now listen carefully. We've been talking about this particular verse and we've been saying it. If you listen to even our praise and worship, we get up here, we pray it. God is able to do exceedingly moreover, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Say moreover. When the darkness shows up, that's when the light becomes more influential. Are you hearing? The the darkness that has surrounded us absolutely makes the light of the glorious gospel that's shining in us shine brighter or make us more distinguishable. Ladies and gentlemen, you are a distinguished person in this present world. You stand out. You don't blend in. Say, I stand out. I don't blend in. Say this with me out loud. I'm the just. I live by faith. I ain't drawn back from that. Why would you draw back? Because it's the more that puts you over. (laughs) Moreover, glory to God. And this is, this is the verse that Noah, Noah Webster used to help get understanding of the word moreover. It's found in Psalms 19.11 and it's talking about the word of God, the statutes and the commandments of God. This is what it says. Moreover, on top of that, besides, also, likewise, glory to God, moreover, by them, the word of God, is thy servant warned. Now, listen carefully. The word warned means to shed the light. (laughs) So moreover, the word of God is going to turn the light on. on. And you're going to become distinguishable. Now, with that thought in mind, I want you to hear this testimony and then we're going to come back. You ready? Hit me, Ricky. With it was something you read in the Bible, but not necessarily that you that we thought of it as a structure of laws and principles that 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 you can live by on the earth. So when he started the Power of Rest series, you know, he, he talked about how it's a it's a different way of living life. You can you can live life on the earth, living in rest. So it was about the second week that he taught that that series. It was like we heard a testimony in there, and I was like, man, I just I just want to see the 
something happened in our life that we know that we can tie to so that was God, like that was 100% God. And so it was always, maybe it was James and God, but it was never just, I could tie to and say it was God and it was God only. So driving home, we're talking about it. I said, you know what, let's just, just let's, let's, let's believe God for a, a $10,000 blessing. And if pastor's teaching it, let's just take it and, and apply it literally. You know, that's what it says in the word, you know, in Malachi 3.10, it talks about how, you know, to try me. And, and that's the only, only time that God says to try him is in finances. And I'm like, you know what, it's finances, let's try him. We went on vacation, went to Mexico. So we took the time to just really dig into the Word and we listened to the messages again. I think we listened to them every day. We just spend a lot of time talking about what we're gonna do with the money. We had just found out we were pregnant. We we're gonna have another baby, so we needed an upgrade on our vehicle. And Pastor also says, you know, believing is seeing. And, and that went through me for a loop for the longest time. It was like, okay, how is believing a seeing? Because we always look at it as seeing as believing. And he said, until it settles in your spirit that you can see the picture. And sometimes it helps just to put a picture in front of you of what you're looking for. But if not, you know, build the picture that your mind can see it and you believe it. And then, and then you walk it out. And so that's what we were doing is just taking that and applying it and pretending it as if we had it. By the time we came home from vacation, it was, it was weird. Something had changed. It was, it was I could, almost like I could see it. Like I could, I could see it, but yet it wasn't, it wasn't that it felt like I was any closer to it, but it felt like I could see it. It felt like I, I knew it was gonna happen. Fast forward a, a few more weeks, pastor kept teaching, and he kept talking about the double portion. And finally it was like, man, I, I really think we should just double it up. Why not? You know, if, if, if 10,000 is great, 20,000 is better. And, but it was such a stretch. It was finally, I was finally able to see the 10,000. I could, I could think, I could comprehend of what that would look like. And I was like, well, if we go to 20,000, it's like, man, I, don't, I just felt like I was starting over. I thought he was crazy when he said, when he said 20,000. I mean, I, di I didn't say anything. I was just like, 20, we can't even do 10. What are we thinking doing, you know, doubling up? He was by the front door. He gave me a hug, kiss, you know, we prayed. And as he's walking out, he goes, double portion, 20,000. And I just said, okay. My day started just like any other day at work. I you know, got, got all my guys busy with projects and I went to my desk, work on office stuff. And later that morning, uh, one of my clients came in, plopped down on my desk and started telling me about his past few weeks. He's a farmer and his fences were in disrepair and his cows were running out. And he's just telling me all this stuff and I'm listening kind of one here and the other side, I'm still working, doing what I need to get done for the day. And, and finally, he got, got my attention when he said, man, I don't even know if I want cows anymore. He said, right now, I'm going to give them away. And so that's kind of when I stopped and looked and said, like, okay, this is different. This is not typically a conversation I have. He said, man, I said, I'm telling you, right now, I'm going to give them all to you. They're, they're all yours. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know <laughs> what I'd do with that. You know, I'm a mechanic. I own my own, own repair shop. I live in town. You know, I have a half acre. Um, I grew up around the farm, but it's been a few years since I've been around cattle. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. And just all these thoughts going through my mind. But then all of a sudden, there was a thought that was there. It was like, wait, hold on. This is not every day that somebody walks in and says, look, I want to give you a bunch of cows. So I drove out that evening. And as I'm leaving the shop, I call Ella. And I was like, I really think there might be something in here. But I, I don't even know where to begin with this. He goes, hey, honey, guess what? I'm like, what? And he's like, remember what we talked about? The double portion, 
20,000? He goes, well, a guy just gave me a, a herd of cows. I'm like, he gave you what? <laughs> He's like, a guy gave me a herd of cows. I'm like, how many? He's like, 23. He's like, some are pregnant. And I think there's a couple horses or something. So I'm driving and, and I remember that we had a family member that was looking to buy a herd of cows. They're wanting to buy a herd of cows. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe there's an option there. We could sell them there. So I get out to the farm, and I realized that his fences were completely in disarray, so these cows were out. And that's when I realized his property butts up against, you know, 14,000 acres of public land. So I was talking to the homeowner there, and I see he had a little corral there. I said, hey, go ahead and put hay and feed in there. Put hay and feed in there, and let's see if we can't get them to come in. And you know, just feed them in there for a few days, and if they come in, we'll go ahead and close the corral, and then maybe we can load them up. And so I left that night and I called a family member and said, look, hey, I want you to come out and look at these cows and see, see if there's something you're interested in. And I told them, that, look, I'm, these cows are being given to me and I'm selling them. And if that's a problem, I'll find an, uh, a, a different avenue of selling them. And he said, no, no, that's okay. He said he, he was wanting to buy a herd of cows and he liked to buy them from one farm. So that was, you know, that made sense to him. So I said, do you have an idea of what you'd be willing to pay for them? And we talked a little bit about it, and he said, well, he'd be somewhere around 20,000 for the herd. I kind of did the math real quick in my head. I was like, 23 head, and let's say the average out of 1,000 each, you know. And we'd take a number, some off and go on the low side and just say, all right, this is less than that. That's close to 20,000. It's like, well, that's, that's close. And I'm like, really? I got excited. I'm like, wow. I mean, we just said that that morning. I mean, because we were hearing about the double portion. So to me, I just remember immediately going, oh, we weren't receiving it because we weren't, we won't believe him for the double portion. Saturday comes around and we're wanting to haul these cows. And I said, look, I said, you're buy him, but you also have to help me haul him because he's got a truck and trailer. And I said, you know, being a mechanic, I don't have that. And so you have to help haul him. He said, I'll do that. And so we finally managed to get him all on the trailer and we hauled him and got him over to the, the family member's farm. and. It was an awesome deal for him because he had a you know a herd of cows, Aberdeen Angus cows that he had that you know he got you know what he was looking for, and he got them for you know what he thought was a great deal, and we had our twenty thousand dollar check. It was just great to know that um, that God hears us, you know, and that that we are that it does work, you know, mm -hmm. that what we've been believing for, you know, I mean, what are the chances? I mean, he cows at work. I mean, he works at a mechanic shop. He works behind a desk. You know, once we, once we had that check, you know, we had seen the kingdom of God work in a way that it was like, there was no, there was nothing about us that was involved with that right. other than the work that we need to do to capture it. Yeah. And other than that, I knew it was 100% God. And that really, just it stretched our minds to the, the possibilities of what it means to live in the kingdom. We were convinced. Like, yeah, we were convinced. It was like yeah. we, had, we had the check. It was something we could go back to and say, look, this is, we know this works. Yeah. Until your life represents the power of rest, you should listen to it. And if you're not sure if your life doesn't look like that yet, then you should go back and listen to it. If your life still doesn't look like that, then go back and listen to it. Because that's the way God designed our lives to be lived like to live in rest, that everything we do is from a state of rest, like a state of, of knowing we're taken care of, that we have peace, that, that, he, you know, that nothing that we need of that He can't provide for us. I knew God was there to help me with the big stuff, but I didn't know that He would be there for all the little stuff. I never heard anyone say that before. I never heard anyone teach that before until I heard Pastor teach that. And then with the Power of Rest series, 
like that's that's when he made it plain. Like it was just the way he teaches that series is bottom shelf. Like I, I got it, and I was like, okay, if that's for anything and everything that we could want and desire, you know, if to have. about no cows. Exactly. Serendipity. Serendipity. I t- taught on that. I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to bring it up. We taught a whole series on this. Spent nearly a whole year before the pandemic. During a time of darkness is the greatest opportunity for light. I'll say that one more time. During the time of darkness is the greatest opportunity for light. Opportunity does not present itself as success on the front side. Are you following? Serendipity is a, a, a word. Well, let me give it to you. Thank you, Jesus. We're talking about more and over. Serendipity is defined as the occurrence, the occurrence, and the development of events. So I want you to hear it. The occurrence and the development of events. Of course, secularly, secularly, they define it that these occurrences of events are by chance, And they are in a happy or beneficial way. So it's the development, it's the occurrence and the development of events. Think about this just for a moment. All of this was the occurrence of events. It started off by believing. Are you listening? It started off by right believing. And during this time when gross darkness covers the people and darkness covers the earth, that's the opportunity for the light to shine. Are you following me? Everybody say distinction. Distinction. Glory to God. How How would you like to, God, just put your life on display as someone who believed the truth? Just, the rest of y'all need help. How many of you like for God to just put, put your life on display as someone that believes the truth? Right in the, middle, right in the middle when everybody else is believing a lie. Glory to God. You know, there's a lot of people in the world right now that need a miracle that ain't going to get it. Do you realize that? There's people all over the world that needs a miracle, but they ain't going to get it. The need for a miracle does not mean you get it. It's believing the right thing. Are you following me? All the promises of God, according to what Peter wrote down, all, everybody say all. All the promises of God are exceedingly great and precious. 
exceeding. They were going for 10, and God says, let's just up that. See, they, they started off by believing in the right direction. Are you following me? And light shined. And all of a sudden, they could see that 10,000. They could see the 10,000. It's like it's settled on the inside. And now my thoughts, I can see it. I see what it looks like. But then God says, why don't we just up that? I hope I'm talking to the right church. Just up it. And he does it in an unusual way. They had to put forth some endeavor, but they didn't raise those cattle. All they did was broker them. They didn't have to go get a piece of land. They just brokered them. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. More and over. More and over. Now I'm just that we're just talking about finances right now. Finances are important, but they're not the most important. But we're just talking about finances right now. The point I want, want you to see, this is the year that God is opening. The, it's the year of the door. That's what, that's what this number four means in Hebrew. The year of the door. What kind of door? You want the same door to open to you that keeps you chasing your tail? Or do you want the door to open where God is opening the floodgates? Are you following me? It's a year of doors and gates where God is going to open the floodgates. How would you like to have so much fun at home instead of all the worry that you've had? I find myself now, I'm telling you, God, last year absolutely was delivering my soul from its paradigm, its circle of thought. And I found myself turning on the music. And Zona came in there one time. I had the music on, just praising the Lord. And I'm dancing. Nobody with me but just me and Jesus. And Zona looked at me like, that ain't me. She looked at me, what's going on? Like, did you hear something you haven't told me about yet? The point is, God wants you to live. God's able. I want you to say, well, you're just trying to get my expectation. Exactly. God wants your expectations up. He's not dependent on your job. Just over broke. Y'all missed that. In fact, we're working to meet our needs when God says that's not the purpose of your job. Listen carefully. You, if you'll take a biblical point of view, the purpose of your job is to be a blessing. If you just learn to be a blessing, 
You'll go to you'll go to you'll go to that job and you'll have a different attitude. Who knows? The boss may look at you and say, I finally got a live wire working for me. Somebody that's going to help me take this company to the next level. Listen. I know of a young man right now. He's put first the kingdom of God. He decided to do what God wanted him to do. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who. I'll let you, he may tell you sometime because I haven't had permission to do so. But he started working for a particular company and it had to do with physical labor. Make a long story short, God was, this the owner was so impressed by him and he's kind of up in years, the company's kind of older and, and this is what he told him. He said, if you'll commit to me, was it five, ten years? I can't remember. Ten years. And he's already worked for him too. He said, if you'll commit to me for ten years, I'll give you ten percent of this company. I'll just give it to you. And he said, if you ever want to back out, you can back out. Well, I'm not going to hold you to it, but and, 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 and he said, well, well, well. And he said, if I sell it between now and that 10-year period, you'll get your 10%. Come on. Oh, my gosh. Now, I, I, want you to, I want you to grasp this because of what's in the next part. I asked the Lord about that word serendipity. And if you go to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verse 11, this is what it says. It says, the race is not to the swift. You don't get a trophy just being the fastest. You got to cross the finish line first. You follow? Let me just read it to you. Glory to God. <laughs> Chapter 9, verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. You can be the strongest and still not win. Neither yet bread to the wise. You can be wise and still starve. Nor yet riches to men of understanding. Just because you got understanding doesn't mean you're, you're, you're wealthy. Nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. Now when he says chance there, it means the word occurrence. The occurrence and development of events. The first word there is the word time. Everybody say time. time. Yeah, Brother Ronnie, I know because I, I see the time. Time and chance. Occurrence. Time and occurrence. Now, I'm going to make a statement or two. You must let it sink in. Christians got to quit being pot plant. You 
Here's what I mean. If you're pot plant, you could always be a day late and a dollar short. It takes the occurrence and the development of events. Okay? So, uh, my dad put it to me years ago because I was restless. And he said, Ronnie, I want you to remember something. Rolling stones gather no moss. You can't believe God one day and give up on it on the next day. My mom, when she was in that, uh, a car wreck just up the road here, a couple of, my mom and dad was in a car wreck. You can listen to Wednesday night and get the whole story. It crushed her legs, her leg, and they wanted to amputate. I'm really cutting this short. And it looked like she was going to die because she got blood poisoning. But God brought her out hanging on to one simple word that God told my dad. This was what it was. My mom's name was Juanita. Juanita is going to be okay. And my mom said, if it... If God said I'm going to be okay, it means with my leg. Occurrence and development of events. Are you following? It was two years before she ever walked. Okay? She was 94 when she passed on with the leg. They said they had to cut off. Now, I'm not, listen carefully. I'm not telling you to just do something because she did it. I'm telling you, you've got to get in the Word so the Word can get in you. They were prepared for that moment. You understand? That's what serendipity is. Everybody has these occurrences and development of events, but if you're a pot plant, you're always moving around, you're never going to become stable. I'll put it like this. Some Christians need to be like a postage stamp. Have the ability to stick until they get to where they're going. Are you following me? We've got too many shallow mindsets. And so when the drought comes, we act like, where's God? Where he's always been. You just let the occurrence and the development of events be swayed in your favor and you stay there long enough on that word until it is fulfilled because God does not lie. You can't say, well, I tried, uh, you know, that stuff, that word of faith stuff, and it didn't work. No, let me tell you, what happened was the circumstance tried you and found that you were not really believing the word of faith. You were just giving mental assent to it. We hear testimonies like this as if they're special. They're only special because they chose to believe God above the circumstance. They finally got what their pastor was saying. You see what you believe. You see what you believe. 
You can't always count on what you see, but you can always count on you will see what you believe. If you believe right, their circumstances will line up. Everybody say line up. They'll line up. The occurrences of, of events will be in your favor and it'll just set you up. Moreover, moreover, more and over, glory to God. Are you following? More and over financially for you. If you will believe and operate and stay faithful to the word of God. God proved Abraham's faithfulness before they, him and Sarah ever had that child. Before they had the promised child, God proved their faithfulness. That he, we could say it another way, he proved their faith. God, I, I, I ain't letting go, I ain't moving until this is fulfilled in my life. I'm staying with it. I'm, going to, I'm stuck to it. It's impossible for you to lie. And I believe the truth of your word regardless of the circumstances. Are you, are you understanding? Glory to God. If you, this is the year that God is going to prove us and we're going to prove that God's word is true. He's opening up doors. Everybody say doors. He's opening up the floodgates to those that would dare to believe him. Now I can't tell you what to lay hold of other than the promises of God. They are applied to your, in fact, Peter that wrote that also said about the promises of God. He also said about the word of God. No word of God is for private interpretation. What does that mean? That, that phrase there means that nobody can say it only applies to them and doesn't apply to me. This applies to everybody. In other words, you can't take it. Well, it only applies to them. It doesn't apply to me. No. He's no respecter of persons. The same word that worked for Abraham will work for you. Are you, are you with me? Now the reason why I want, to, I want to start feeding you like this because we're going to go more over. More and over. More and over. Listen carefully. When you read financial magazines, and I've read them a lot, I subscribe to them a lot, and they're talking about the disaster that's coming, particularly to those that are retirees and so on and so forth. And, and God says, I, I, I want you to get the insight, but I don't want you to let that become your dominant thought. My words to become your dominant thought. Now listen, because what they say is that the retirees are fixing to get hit hard. Now, if you retire off the word of God, you're going to get hit hard. But I don't find anywhere in the Bible where it says you're supposed to retire off the word of God. I thought the just live by faith. Are you still living? Are you still living? I'd love... I think we're going to have video cameras ready and just, you know, I'll, I'll tell Ricky we'll get some portable video cameras ready so when the herd of cattle comes to your house, we want to be there to view it. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, do we need to knock on that noggin of yours? God's talking to us more and over. More and over. Listen, what I found out about God, He is the more and over God. He goes above and beyond. He said, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches, not according to the Federal Reserve System, according to my riches in glory. And all of us together have not seen the fullness of the glory of God. The glory of God, it's always increasing. Grow. Everybody say grow. Grow. And then let your life glow it. Glory to God. Grow. I want you to grow, grow, grow. How dare you to put a limitation on with God with your pea brain thinking? Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to trade a pea? Pea brain. We're going, to tr- we're going to trade it for at least an avocado uh, side seed. <laughs> this is what miracles is. This is a miracles is serendipity. It's where the occurrences of events have unfolded and you've learned how to stay steadfast on the word of God, unmovable. And then the events unfold and match your faith and brings all of the elements together, all the circumstance to conform or be transformed, I should say, to the Word of God. Are you following me? Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. That means you're going to have to start thinking a little bit different. A little bit different. See, God's not limited just to finances either. He says, when I give joy, I give so much joy it's just unspeakable. You don't even have the words to describe it. When I give peace, it's peace that surpasses understanding. You can't even understand it. And then you try to explain it, then you... Say, hey, I haven't been worried the last week. Then you get to worrying that you haven't been worrying. (laughs) Huh? Did you know that the Bible says that God's able to save to the uttermost? He's not just able to save. He's able to save to the uttermost. That means on top of that. Besides that, more and over. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, hallelujah. I've done my best to get you to where you want on your feet. If you don't want on your feet, just sit down there and I'll just keep talking. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You need to stand on the promise. More and over. Everybody say more and over. Glory to God. Listen, what God's got in plan for us as a body of believers in this locality, our assignment is going to take the God that's more than enough. Are you following me? You know, on a Wednesday night, I said, someone is going to give this church $50,000. 
Now listen carefully. It's not someone that can afford 50000 Some of y'all are thinking I'm trying to pressure you into that. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. If, that, if that's what you see, you, you, you haven't heard anything I said. And I stopped it right there. And I said, it's not the money. It's not even the size of what I said. Why I used that is because I want you to think beyond your means. You follow? Beyond you. I want to know if there's anyone here who wants to just... I, I do, Jesus, help me to explain this. I want you to believe above and beyond what, where you're at. Stretch your faith. I want your offerings to be something that's an overflow of your believing, not something that you can just do by what you afford. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because when you, when you start using your faith, it takes you above and beyond just your ability to work with your hands. I'm not talking about you going out and getting two or three other jobs. and all. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about you struggling to give. I'm not talking about trying to take an offering by sacrifice. I'm talking about you believing God above and beyond your ability. That's what I'm talking about. That's when you get into the realm that you're going to, I'm staying, you, you, you're, what I'm talking about, you're not going to be able to just, oh, yeah, 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 and just be excited right now. You're going to have to go home and wrap your head around what I just said. Just like these people did. God's not limited. And it's about time we stop limiting Him. You know that the Bible talked about the children of Israel limiting the Holy One? They limited Him. We don't have to limit Him. God's assignment for this church is going to take more than what you and I can work for. That's why He wants you to use your faith. He wants your faith to do the work. And He wants you to rest in the promise. But it has to get to where it's in here, where you believe it. And it's not something just rattling around up in here and you're going here, oh my God. I don't want to give you more mental stress. I want to give you inner peace that God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to His power that's working in you. Are y'all following what I'm talking about? You get what I'm saying? Glory to God, glory to God. Hey, Pastor Zona and I, we ain't being left out of this. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just talk about money just for one last second. I'll never forget. We went and heard Dr. Frederick Price, who's gone on to be with Jesus. He was in El Paso. And I'll never forget, this has been a long time ago. 
And I'll never forget him talking about how God, they believed God, they started believing God what they wanted to give. Not what they made, what they wanted to give. And it was $10,000 at that time. And that freaked my head out. You understand? And he, you know, he told the story and he always preached by faith. And I, and I made up, Zona and I made up our minds right then. One day, one day, we're going to give $10,000. One day. We're going to do it. And I, I'll never forget, I was surprised at one year. It didn't happen instantly. It took a few years. But you know what? When it happened and we got our giving record, we, we did what? We did, we, we did what? Okay? And it excited me. And we passed $10,000 a long time ago. Long time ago. And I, I'm not going to take because it ain't none of your business, but I can just say this. We give more than the average worker makes in a year. But that didn't happen overnight. And I don't want you to get into jealousy or competition about that. This is between you and God. But I'm encouraging you to believe God. This is not about me trying to take another offering. The offering buckets have already passed. What I'm trying to get you to do is use your faith. Because if you don't use your faith, your trust in God, then your, the purpose of faith is lost. It's meant to apply pressure to. It's meant to. It's the only one that can handle the pressure of our day. The Word of God is the only one that can handle it. The Word of God, do you understand? He can handle your pressure. But you've got to apply it. Amen? Amen. Everybody say, moreover. moreover. You're going to hear that word, moreover, moreover, moreover. Moreover, there are helpers in this place in abundance. All manner of cunning people, forever manner of work. Moreover, moreover, moreover. More over, more over, more over. Glory to God. I want you to begin to think like that so when you leave the house, you can kiss your husband or your wife by and say, more over. This is going to be a good day. More over. This is going to go above and beyond my greatest expectations. In the name of Jesus. God's always in the business of surprising your puny little thinking. More over, more over, more over, more over. God's able to save your loved ones to the uttermost. Your day of stressing and straining over their salvation and them coming to God needs to be over. God does not, God's not sending you to the cross to crucify yourself for them. Here's what he wants you to do. Just get out of your stinking thinking and get over there in his way of thinking. And I promise you, if God's going to do it, if you just believe him, right and wrong believing. Glory to God. 
Well, somebody needs to shout. Do you understand the possibilities here? The opportunity. Glory to God. I'm having to contain this all by myself. I want you to get to the place that you believe it so much that if I dare just slightly challenge you, you get out from underneath that chair and you start dancing all over. Woo! Glory to God. If you really believe this, you would be thrilled beyond measure. Moreover, 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 your health shall speed forth, shall uh, 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 absolutely spring forth speedily. Moreover, your health shall spring forth speedily. Moreover, your health shall spring forth speedily. Moreover, more, he's not only going to heal you, I said your health shall spring forth speedily. Do you believe that? Pastor Ronnie. I'm talking to all those that are a little bit older. Now, Pastor Ronnie, we're just getting old. Yeah, moreover. 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 He said we'd live long and strong. We would be fat and flourishing. That doesn't mean overweight. What it means is you would be, you, you're not going to be puny. Glory to God. I've said it for years and I'll say it again. Why don't you just go ahead, walk in health, and when it's time to go, you don't have to die sick. No, you have no place in the Bible where it says you have to die sick. No place. And yet, we have been conditioned to believe that lie. Moses was 120 years old, and his eyes were not dim. This is another level. Nowhere, nowhere does it say that. We've just bought it because it's easy for us to believe it. And God says, I don't want you to believe what you see. I want you to see what you believe. Are you following me? I know it's time to go home, but you need to get your head. Because you're going to go, your belief system goes in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. Let's di let this be dominant. Glory to God. Father, I thank you right now. What I'm talking, anyone that has any pain in their body, by the authority that's vested in me, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I rebuke that pain. Every symptom in the name of Jesus, through the merits of the cross and the power of the resurrection, I command it to go from their bodies. I command their bodies to respond to the word of God because they believe with their hearts in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. I rebuke the flu, COVID devil in the name of Jesus. We have authority over you. No more right. No more access to anybody in the sound of my voice. If you will believe it and stand on it, you will not see this thing come to pass in your life. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Trey, come up here and get them out of here. I can't do it. Because if I open my mouth, we're going to start all over again. Are you sure you want me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive your word today. And it is received into the good ground of our heart. And devil, you cannot steal it away. But it will bring forth much fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We'll see y'all Wednesday and we'll see y'all Thursday. We love y'all. Till next time. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.